Welcome to the first ever Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff, and I'm here with Pastor Matt, and we're so excited to be talking about this topic. So, uh, yeah, so you're you're here for the first uh, the first re- recorded episode, and uh, we're going to be talking uh, first about just the different generations that um, that parents are are kind of dealing with, and we're going to yeah. share with you a little bit about why we feel the vision and purpose is worth talking about. Um, we feel like we're unique in this because we want to be a local and regional resource and we care about young people and we care about their parents. And so, but I think it would be good for us to um, kind of let people know a little bit more yeah. about who we are. So, totally. so Pastor Cliff is actually, he's our high school pastor here at Bridgeway. And uh, and he actually grew up in Pleasanton area, was active in a church and youth group, um, got involved actually from playing drums. I've, I remember learning that about him very yes, early. That was um, it. We are both drummers. Um, and then he graduated, and God led him to go to William Jessup University locally here in Rockland, um, and he was over there in the youth ministry program. And uh, and then a couple years into that, somebody kind of started telling us about how epic and awesome Cliff Woodward was. And so uh, he, he came in and uh, and ended up interning with us in 2014. I was the high school pastor back then. And uh, and really quickly, we saw Cliff's heart, we saw his ability, and we 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 talked about making him like the associate high school pastor. And so he came on kind of within uh, nine months to a year, he came on as our our associate high school pastor. And then uh, and then in 2016, right? Yes. It's 2016, he became um, our full-time high school pastor. He, he took my job and uh, kicked me out, but Sorry I about could that, not man. have had any better person to do that. So uh, you got a great guy here with Cliff Woodward. Yeah, well, sitting across from me is Pastor Matt, and this guy has done youth ministry since 2002. Um, he was local here. Back um, in the day. Back in the day. Um, he was in El Dorado Hills, and then he moved to New Zealand, and then he moved back to the States because he figured out New Zealand wasn't the best place to live, right? So untrue. Yeah. New Zealand. Come on. I went from New Zealand to LA. Oh, yeah. It's like the worst thing ever. The worst transition ever. And then from LA, he went up back, came back up here to Bridgeway and- has been here for eight years. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, eight um, years. And now he's transferred into the role here, the pastor of Christian development, yeah. which has been super awesome. He's d- doing such a great job. And what's really great about Pastor Matt is he has a huge reputation of being a brilliant mind in youth ministry. He's also a professor at over at Jessup um, and teaching young adults all about the Bible, which he loves the Bible so much. So super glad to have um, him in here. But Pastor Matt, question for you. Why are we doing this? Why is it so important to talk about parenting teens? I think as uh, Pastor Cliff and I and other youth pastors have talked over the years, we we realize that there's a lot of things that we've observed with teens and their experiences with their parents. Um, we, we've listened to a lot of teenagers share about um, their concerns, their frustrations with parents. We've listened to a lot of parents share about their frustrations and the dynamics with teens. And we're always kind of looking at what can we do to equip and encourage one another along the way on both yeah. sides of that. And and so it always tends to become two different perspectives of blame from each side. So, you know, the you know, is it bad teens or is it bad parents? Yeah. And I think what we always kind of get a chance to observe when we're in the middle is that it's neither. 
but it's mm-hmm. trying to equip them to understand one another and to to kind of learn some of those pieces. And yeah, so, totally. uh, so I think what would be good is for us to kind of share a little bit of that kind of insight we have um, in terms of like, what are some of the things that you've heard from students that they've kind of ended up sharing about their parents? Um, you don't have to go into specific stories, although you could, um, yeah. but, uh, and then we'll also talk about some of the things from parents. Yeah, that's good. So uh, one of the first things that I think I always see when I talk about teenagers and their parents is there's always a communication distance. Um, teenagers don't necessarily understand their parents and parents don't always understand their teenagers. Uh, but specifically from the teenager side of things, um, they feel like their parents don't care or don't understand them. Mm-hmm. And so teenagers always try to thrive at this idea. I want to be known. I want to be heard. So when they feel like their parents don't understand them, which on most cases is not the case, but they have that feeling, then there's this discord between the student and the parent and there just keeps fighting and it's tough to break that. Yeah. Yeah. It, like as they're growing into the teenage years and they're going through adolescence, they move into this identity formation period. And for some reason, and we'll talk about this more in all the episodes, they feel like their parents don't track with them, but they feel like their peers do. And so you'll find that they start turning and sharing more personal stuff, important stuff with peers and other teens, and they don't share it with their parents. And sometimes they don't even share it with other adults. And so it becomes that communication becomes the key piece though. Um, And like you said, I've heard it way too many times, you know, students will share stuff to youth leaders. They'll share it to volunteers. And then when you talk to them about talking to their parents about it, they're so afraid, you know, and some of it, there's a disciplinary side. But then, mm-hmm. but then some of it is just they don't know how their parents are going to respond. And then they forget that their parents have raised them and love them and mm-hmm. have been tracking with them from the beginning to the current. And uh, so um, another one that I've I've heard, um, I'm sure you've heard it a lot too, is they'll they'll say that parents are super controlling. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, the joke for, for years is, uh, you know, people will talk about um, helicopter parents, you yeah. know, like that. Very like common term. Yeah, very – their parents are always – kind of over and watching everything. And again, we're not we're not saying that students are always right when they say these things, but it's how they feel. And uh and so, you know, like I, I've heard so many stories of students that they'll mention their parents um controlling certain aspects of their life. And uh and you know, and some of them like I totally understand why the parents are doing that. And a lot of times they miss the aspect of trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And and they forget that they haven't built trust on certain things, which is why the parents control it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you can go into so many different stories. I'm holding back on purpose. <laughs> and so yeah. um, what about you? What do you think about that? Well, b- before I go in the deeper into that, um, if you're a parent listening to this podcast, we're going to be bringing up a lot of these kind of issues and things that we've seen between students and parents. And through the course of this season, we're going to be talking about each thing we're talking in this episode more specifically. So yeah. we're giving you kind of an overview. Hey, this is what we've seen and this is what we want to unpack as we get going in the season. But some other things that I, I have seen is um, busyness um, that complicates things on, on both yep. ends of the ball. Uh, because you have students, um, this last weekend we had, a, uh, we had each student write down their schedules. Hmm. And at least I would say 40 to 50% of the students don't start their homework until 10 o'clock at night because they have sports, they have band, they have you know, so many different things. Theater. A theater. Yeah. Um, other and, extracurricular. And I was, I, I remember I always knew that students were busy, but I, my mouth 
my jaw dropped because I was like, really, you're that busy that you don't start your homework until 10 p.m.? When I was in high school, I went to bed at 10 p.m. So I, I was just so amazed at the busyness that students have. And then on the top of that, parents, they're busy too, right? They've got, some of them got a kid, two kids, three kids. Um, you know, there's different contexts that a parent comes into. Their jobs are demanding. And so when both parties come home exhausted, you don't say the right things. You don't do the right things a lot of times. Why? Because you haven't been able to rest yeah. appropriately. Yeah. And people try to push through all that. Exactly. And then obviously- when I can they do hit, this. I can do this. When they hit the weekend or they hit vacation times, we wonder why sometimes the, the teens want to just crash and stay up even later and sleep in until 1 yeah. p.m. And the parents don't understand that. You know, and yeah. that's, you know, and there's a, a lot of different rhythm pieces within that. Um, but you're right. Like the a lot of that- that overload, both parents and teens don't understand the overload that each have. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I've seen that you'll hear students sharing stuff that's going on in their lives and they are like truly overloaded. And and Cliff, you know that from the times we've worked together that like Absolutely. this is always a huge passion of mine of helping people realize that we are way too busy and that's keeping so many of our teens from going deeper and our adults from going deeper. And uh, but because they're overloaded, like the teens don't tend to realize that their parents are overloaded yeah. and they don't empathize. And then when the parents don't realize how overloaded their teens are, it, it, it just, it just continues to grow. And yeah. so, so I think that's a really good observation that you say. Um, there's also families that it's just complicated and, uh, and we know this can be sensitive for a lot of people, but sometimes you're in a step family where you have a stepdad or a yep. stepmom, and that, that can often be smooth and working, but that can also be complicated. We have single parent homes, we have divorced homes and so, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people forget that within those changes, teens often haven't fully processed that change, even sometimes if it started when they were really young. And we've seen yeah. that happen in youth ministry a lot. Students that, you know, they lost a parent back when they were like three or four, but in their teenage years, they're processing that, even though they've grown up, you know, in a different family and, you know, and so it's hard. And so... I know we'll move here and start talking about parents, uh, but there's some good questions that I often would think, you know, I would love to hear a teen answer this. And I would sometimes sneak it in at times at camp or retreats. Yeah. And that would be like, questions. hey, what's one thing you wouldn't change, you would not change about the way your parents parented you? Just to sometimes help them see that there are things your parents are doing that have formed you that's good. Yeah, um, totally. Secondly, what's something that your parents did when you were younger that you feel like has paid great dividends when you've grown up? You know, and again, you give students a chance to really sit and think about this. And now they're actually reflecting on like the good that their parents have invested into them. Exactly. So, Instead of just thinking of all the negatives, you yeah. prompt the question with, hey, what are the good things? And then they're like, oh, actually, I'm alive right now. That's pretty great. You know, or, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm actually I'm out of school where I'm thriving. You know, I'm, I'm doing well in school, you know, all, all that, that type of thing. And, and parents need to hear that, right? Yeah. To know that youth pastors, youth volunteers, youth workers we're on your side in terms of like that, those times when you're saying, don't you realize like I provide all your food and everything yeah. in your room and your phone yeah. and, and to go like, Hey, we're even trying to subtly and subversively remind of that as well. So, but let's talk about parents, Cliff. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've heard with parents? Yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing that comes to mind when, when I'm talking to parents about their teenagers is uh, parents, two words that I would say is, <laughs> well, three words, don't listen. They don't listen. And they're disrespectful. 
Mm. Um, those are the two things um, that Which I is a hear. general stereotype. We know there's exceptions. Yes. But like that's a majority exactly. of when they start sharing it to us as pastors. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I get those phone calls, you know, uh, at a random times being like, Cliff, this, this happened to me. Um, I don't understand what they're doing. They're disrespectful. They're not listening to me. I've tried everything. And it, it's a huge struggle that these teenagers are, they're not listening to their parents. And again, it goes back to what you said before. Okay, whose fault is it? It's really important for us to understand and remind parents right now that we aren't blaming you and we aren't blaming the students. We are here, we're doing this podcast so that that relationship between a teenager and a parent can potentially and hopefully get better. Yeah. So um, another thing that I've, I've seen and I've even seen in the, in the youth group is kids are getting apathetic. Uh-huh. Um, apathetic to pretty much anything. Um, the the school the meh yeah the meh culture you, you know you come home from school and your parent and you ask them hey how how was school today and this was textbook me when I was in high school oh fine oh what'd you do eh, schoolwork did you like it no like that was, that's the conversation you have every day when your <laughs> student gets home and again when you're a parent and you work really hard for your student so that they can go to school and they say fine you're like what what is happening like you don't respect that I'm working really hard, but, and we'll get into that a little bit more in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and, you know, for those of you that are listening, um, I, I, I just have had one of my kids, his name's George. He's just went into middle school. So he's in sixth grade and, and, you know, I'm even realizing that and I've known it as a youth pastor, but now watching it with, you know, even picking him up from youth group and asking him how it was and knowing that he will give the very basic simplistic answer and he's a boy, and it's part of it, a sixth grade yeah. boy. And and learning how to reframe the question and to keep digging a little bit. And it's fun, funny because even with him and his friends, like I'll ask the question and I find I have to ask it four or five different times before I can draw out a little bit more. Yeah. But it's worth it because then what happens is That's once good. that door is open, they keep going. So but but you're right. A lot of parents with that that disrespect or that apathy um that they see, it's like the, even when they have a good relationship with their kids, they realize that they're not always listening, um, that they don't always appreciate all the things um, that the parents are doing. Um, you know, I, I think one thing a lot of parents get concerned about that they see with their kids, and we hear about this a lot, is that apathy often will sometimes equate to being non-social. And so they'll have a, a son or a daughter that won't be going out and building friendships and getting into community and sometimes it's they're defaulting to being on devices at home or they're def- defaulting to gaming. And uh, and because we watch yeah. the social culture, you know, as parents, like those things become concerning. Uh, uh, another one that, I, you know, if I'm just going to keep going, but keep you cut me off at any point keep is uh, a, a lot of a, a lot of parents will, will talk to us about how their son or daughter wants to do this or that. And they don't want them to because it reflects them as a parent. Yeah, And so sometimes that's very minor stuff, which isn't as minor or isn't as major anymore in our culture where like when the students are talking about wanting to get a tattoo when they turn 18 or they want to get their ears pierced or they want to color their hair and things that for some parents that that within their mindset and culture is like, no, you know, or even their, their philosophies on, I want to get into a dating relationship or I want to. And so sometimes there's this issue of this is what the parents want them to do or not want them to do. And it's sometimes it's a reflection of the parent. Sometimes it's because the parent has experienced the destruction of doing something like that. Yeah. And to, and to add even to that, when, when you have a relationship 
a student is dating someone or has a friendship that's hurtful, um, the parent sees how hurtful that relationship is. Mm -hmm. And so the parent wants to go in and save their kid, right, from this horrible relationship, but the kid doesn't see it that way. Um, the kid sees it as my parents trying to take control. And so the kid, you know, runs away from the parent in hypothetical, right? Runs away and is like, no, I'm, I want to date this person because I know this is right. Yeah. And the parent sees how bad that is, but doesn't sometimes doesn't know the most healthiest way to come about that conversation. Yeah. Right? Because unfortunately I tell parents this all the time. You can talk to your student all you want, but unfortunately you will always be their parent. And parents have this stigma of, oh, I'm out to get my student. Now that is 100% wrong because parents love and care for their kids 100% of the time. Yeah. But unfortunately, from a teenager's mind, they don't see it that way. And not until they're adults or even late adulthood, they really feel, realize, oh, they actually did love me yeah. when, I was, when I was a teenager. And that relationship actually did hurt me a lot. And I wish I listened to my parents. And so there's, for parents, there's just, frustration of, I know the right thing to do, but I can't just tell them. Yeah. And, and one that we won't go too much into right now, but we'll talk about it on another episode is sometimes the parents find out that their son or daughter has done something, this horrible thing. Yeah. And, and again, they can't process why, and that becomes a, a thing that they see and they get really concerned about. And then that stereotype goes on the culture a lot more. And we'll talk about that in future episodes. But um, like we talked about good questions we'd want to ask students or we have asked students in the past, there's some good questions we would love to have parents answer sometimes, which, um, we, you know, we used to do a thing in the youth ministry here at Bridgeway where we would do these parent dinner dialogues and we would ask the parents questions. And, and one of them we would ask is, what's one thing that you would not change about your teenager because it's a huge strength of theirs? And sometimes just yeah. having, having yeah, you as parents positive. look at like, what are the good things that I see and how do I like lean into that? Um, and that's across all parenting, not just teens. Yeah. Um, and then what's something your teen did to surprise you, you mm -hmm. know? And and I like that one because although you can go into negative stories as well, often it's, man, they did this and I never expected them to do this. They cleaned their room. <laughs> what? What? And, uh, Crazy. And so, uh, you know, things like that. So, but I, I mean, what we're really trying to say here is that, you know, who teens are, and who adults think that they should be is in this constant tension. And we see that coming up all the time in what students are sharing and what parents are seeking support and help in. And often some of the things that we end up talking to parents more about is it becomes about ethics and morality or future and responsibility. And, and I, get, I guess this is where we have to remind everyone that's listening that because we're a church, because we're, we're Christian pastors, we're always looking at the heart. Yeah. Because because that's really what we have to get to first before those other areas unpack. But Cliff, tell us a little bit more on some of these things. Yeah. And, you know, when we started this podcast and wanted to do this podcast, I wanted to find a, a statistic that was right on, that was really great, that everyone would be like, man, that's amazing. And I've been, I've been researching some statistics that talk about this idea of, you know, parents and teens and ethics and morality. And I really couldn't find a really good quote. I probably should spend more time on that. But what I did it's find- It's okay because like 80% of all statistics are made up. Yeah, that's true. I just made that up. Yeah, that's really good. That's really, oh man, write that down. If you have a paper and pen, write that down. That's an old man joke right there. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I did find is a whole bunch of statistics about teens and social media. Just every, every page was, oh, 
Teens and, and Facebook, no longer. Facebook is not a thing anymore. Instagram, actually Snapchat is ahead of Instagram, which I did not know. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, teenagers use Snapchat more on Instagram. I was so, I was actually really excited when I learned recently that more teens are moving over to Marco Polo. Yeah. And I've been on Marco Polo. It's the first time that yeah. I've been in advance of wow. where the teenage culture is. See, this so is why I you're just, on this podcast. I just want to highlight that. Yeah, um, that's great. I, I thank our friend Emmanuel for that. <laughs> but, I, but I think, you know, as I was looking at social media statistics, one that jumped out at me was 45% of teens say they are online almost constantly. That's very intense because 45% of teens say that they're online all the time. So that means during school, that means at home. But here's kind of my point as I was looking at all of these statistics. I think our culture is doing a disservice to teenagers because all we are talking about with teenagers is social media. And I think a teenager's identity is way more than how much they spend on the internet. I think a teenager's identity is in who they are in the Lord. So even as parents, if we continue to view our teenagers as a person who's always online all the time, then they're going to live into that identity. But if we start speaking life over their life, saying you are more than looking at your phone, you are a son, Mm -hmm. a daughter of the king, it changes right there the dynamic and the relationship that you have with your teenager because you are speaking life into them rather than allowing them always, oh yeah, you're always going to be on social media, which is the case. They're always going to be on social media. But we can say, take it a little bit further and be like, hey, I know 45% of the time you're online, but let's talk about the other 55%. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, I was telling you before we started the episode about there's a great book that just came out in October called Liberating Youth from Adolescence. And part of the part of his chapters that he's talking about, and we'll we'll post the information up later, is he talks about uh, how a lot of our world views teenagers and adolescents as a consumer culture. Yeah. And so because of that, we put them in that category. We put them in that social media fixation. And he says we have to redeem them out of that identity. And so yeah. like he just just affirming what you're saying right there. Yeah. And I just want to say one more thing before Matt, you you take over for a little bit is. I tell parents this all the time at Bridgeway, um, that the church and specifically youth ministries are here in partnership with you. Yes. Um, I tell parents all the time, hey, we are a team. Um, They are with us at at Bridgeway or a church, you know, 2% of their life, but they're with you the other 98%. Yeah. So we are going, we are here to support you, to care for you. Um, If you ever need to talk about your team at any point, please don't hesitate to contact either Pastor Matt or myself. Yeah. We're here to talk to you. Um, we're here to to converse with you and, and talk to you a little bit about what's going on with your team. Yeah, and to process these process, things with yeah. you and, and equip you. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's very well said. And and I mean, this is why I'm thankful, Cliff, because you're, you're the one that's spearheading this about putting this together because you care about not only ministering to and loving on these teenagers in the church, but also equipping the parents because you recognize it's important. that. It's extremely and, uh, important. You know, to recognize that at the age you are, it makes you pretty good. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm only uh, 15 years old, so. Well, maybe the height of a 15-year-old. <laughs> oh. But, uh, <laughs> shots that's, fired. Shots that's fired. fired. I'm actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not 15. It's fine. So you're 23. Five. 25. Yeah. I knew that. I yeah. Why did I think you were 20? It was the year when we were trying to do the Mexico vans that yeah. I realized you were older than that. <laughs> so 25. Yes. Um, so, so kind of just to kind of wrap this up and give you guys a little bit of vision of where we're going to for this. Um, 
you know, because there's this big move that happens from your 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 sons and daughters, your your students being children and then becoming adolescents and moving into adulthood. Prior to adolescence, your children need and they rarely question and ordinarily appreciate the physical protection and provision, the intelligent guidance, the emotional warmth of your care and leadership. And that varies from family to family. But entering a teenage phase, needs are now present, which these old strengths that you used as a parent when they were children, they're not adequate enough to engage them because their emotional center, their cognitive center, everything's shifting and going up up into these extremes yeah. and down. And so they're becoming very passionate or very apathetic about the things that they believe in and where their identity is forming. And what tends to happen is most parents start doing more vehemently the same things that you've always done. And that doesn't necessarily improve the situation because you're having to relearn. And so we know that a lot of parents tend to think, I'm just trying to survive the teenage years or I wonder, a lot. Or I wonder what God is going to do in me through the process. Um, and so this is where um, the growth of our teens, the growth of your teens, it challenges all of us to grow. And and some of us, we tend to refuse that challenge because we're so content with where we are and we don't want to change again because our teens are going through this change. And so this is one of the things we want you to realize as parents is that God actually uses the adolescence of your students to actually grow you. Yeah. And and you have to kind of receive that growth a little bit. And so we need new ways to nurture and share strength. We knew new ways to communicate. Um, you've, you've heard us talk about this. And and Cliff and I both believe these are things that can't be packaged. Yeah. They can't be purchased. They have to be developed in a community of people that are sharing a common goal yeah. and a common faith. Absolutely. And that's where we find it to work the most healthy is when you parents are doing this together and the church is doing it together with you and the, and the volunteers that we have are doing it with you and not just separate from you. And, uh, and so, you know, what's cool is that, uh, well, you know, we'll probably pick this up a little bit in our next episode, but uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things moving from the broad to the narrow. Cliff, why don't you kind of list us a few of those that have been on your mind and I'll share a couple as well. Yeah. So one thing that's really important to know on this podcast is today is this podcast is more of a overview, kind of what we're going to be talking about this season. Um, and one of the mo more specific topics we're going to be talking about, um, one, the next episode is going to be the mind of a teenager. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited about it. We're bringing in uh, psychologists to really talk about what happens in the brain of a teenager during um, their adolescent years. Um, another thing is health of a parent. Um, how how important is it to be healthy as a parent of a teenager? Um, what is useful? Useful. You're not talking about working out, though. You're talking about yes. like their spiritual, emotional. Well, and working out is part of it. Mental health. And don't don't judge me. Oh, okay. All right, I won't. Um, how to support a teen in crisis? And like we talked about before, friend drama. And uh, because here's the reality: is parenting is so much more than telling your son or daughter what to do. Um, and so we have to look at it from a broad, but also specific vantage point of, okay, we know that it's way more intense than we even think about, but how can we specifically attack these ideas and really talk more about it? So what are yeah. other things we're going to be? Yeah. A couple more is, uh, you know, what is useful and healthy discipline for a teen? And, and we're actually going to probably mess with your mind a little bit on that one because we're going to start talking about how to view your teens as adults, and that adjusts how your discipline looks. Um, we're going to talk about sibling rivalry, how your teens function with younger siblings, what they need to know before they turn 18. How do you trust God with your kids and just focus on praying for your kids? Things like bullying, and then the list will go on. And, and we actually encourage you that 
you can uh, you can give us comments and also ask questions for what can be on this podcast by emailing to ask at bridgeway church. Yep. And all you have to do is put in the subject line or the tagline "engaging parenting," and then we'll know that it's for this. And so we encourage you to to give us feedback and input because we want to be dialoguing with you and not just speaking to you. So exactly. So we're going to wrap up this episode, but we we thank you for listening and uh, and journeying with us in this. And again, um, email us at that email address so that we can kind of figure out the other ways we can support and encourage you. But thanks for joining us here on our first episode of Engaging Parenting. Woo! Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.